Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown review. I'm Michael Hamlet from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened from Friday's trip to View Cinema. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts for previews and reviews of Smackdown as well as Monday Night Raw, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh. AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay per views, premium live events. We also hold wrestler interviews, have roundtable discussions, and have a roundup of the week complete with the bloody good quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. Sige, uh, I'm kind of dreading talking about one hour 40 of this and buzzing for 20. Any more on that before we get going? No, it's a smackdown, isn't it? Not every week. You know, like a lot of weeks, it's uh, it's Michael Bay meets Stanley Kubrick meets the overrated Inception guy. Uh, Nolan. Nolan, yeah. It's all of them combined. It's not just cinema in the performances of the main cast. It's Paul Heyman for 20 minutes late like, <laughs> for an hour and 40, isn't it? It was this week. Too much of it, if anything. Um, aye, like, we'll obviously get to the big talking points when they come in the show. I'm actually going to be a little bit happy about it, just so you know. People, well, who, might, people who like WWE yeah. will miss Will Bourne on these podcasts when he's on holiday. Mm-hmm. I will be nice about elements of the main event. Well, that's, that's a hook for you. Well, <laughs> there it is. You've dropped it. Just on that, before we like visit it later on down the line, um, what really impressed me, and you might not agree with it, what really impressed me about this weekend of all weekends, we are within the wrestling Twitter bubble, so it's hard sometimes to see outside of it. But for as much of the conversation that was destined to be about collision, I thought it was a credit to the angle to even be part of the discourse. Like, that, to that's, me, was one of the success stories of this. WWE for engagement is non-existent. But that's how I curated timelines. Yes. Like, but are we speaking to those that have Roman in, in their avatar? I don't think I, our listeners are particularly the Roman Sasha avatar people. So their timelines every week are... Like, their timelines in, let's say, 2021, when Roman Reigns was feuding with Edge. Here he is again. Best star in the business. Yeah. Like, AW buildings every week are on fire, and it's like... Oh, Roman's going 20 minutes with John Cena, is he? And they're going, oh my God, throw the ones up. Yeah. Like, I think even amongst our curated timelines, you felt the impact of this one crossover. Uh, yeah, yeah. No? All right. No, I've just got a weird timeline. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, I look forward to the takes then. If they weren't there for you on Twitter on Saturday, I look forward to hearing some of them in the main event. But first, uh, you've got to have your vegetables. I'm sorry. <laughs> we had a tag team gauntlet match that kicked off this SmackDown. Ugh. There was a bloodline arrival, but obviously in J.U. So it's persona non grata at the moment, but we're going to get to that later. Uh, tag team gauntlet match. Um, we did preview this, and we did sort of 
talk about how it felt like there were obvious favourites, but how would they arrive at that? And here's how, I guess. You were going to get um, the Brawling Brutes as the... A bit of long-term NXT lore as well. Yeah. Catch this, yeah. You were going to get the Brawling Brutes as the um, the typical babyface going the distance tag team, which had me very nervous at the start. But pleasingly, well, was it pleasingly? Pleasingly, this wasn't like 45 minutes as some of these WWE gauntlet stealing a living matches are. However, when the Brawling Brutes had thus only been out there like 10 minutes, it did feel a bit fake when it was like, oh, oh God, how have we still got? It's like when Michael Cole's telling you, like, sort of, what an effort from the Brawling Brutes. Yeah. It's like, man, this is like a third of Sheamus's like big singles match against Gunther. Yeah. And he's been tagging out. He's perfectly fine. But nonetheless, you know, maybe rather that than some of the hour long ones they've been doing. So. I'd rather be lied to than bored. Yes, exactly that. Yes. Didn't make it okay that the Brawling Brutes Street Profits portion only went like two minutes. Actually, no, I hate both of those equally. Yeah. Two minutes for the Street Profits Brawling Brutes. I had to make a choice. I'd rather be lied to than bored. As it pertains to WWE. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, the broad kick on Angelo Dawkins after like two minutes felt a bit cheap, didn't it? Like Weird because it undersold the story that they were lying to you about of this huge, traditional, gritty effort where they were digging deep within themselves to mm. beat these teams after teams. So you undermine that because it's not as hard as you're making out. And you kind of, at the same time, just make the Street Profits look like they exist, which yeah. has been a bit of a weird theme in their careers. So this is the opposite of deft dovetailing booking because you do something and no one really benefits the characters or the story. I agree. I, like, honestly, I thought it was quite bad booking. This match, I thought it was really bad, to be honest. Bad booking yeah. with, the, with the finish I liked. So they beat the M Street Profits in a couple of minutes. The OC, <laughs> the OC come out next. It's a nothing match, but with a really great finish. Carl Anderson remembers that he likes the bright lights. Yeah. So he tags in, completely ignores the match, uh, ignores that Seamus is selling on the outside because he goes to Ridge Holland. He punches Ridge Holland and he's so pleased with himself that he stands up on the post and he's like, I'm Carl Anderson, bright lights, baby. And then turns around and gets smashed with a bro kick. Genuinely nice stuff from an act that elsewhere on the show are ostensibly baby faces. Kind of weird. Again, yeah. like it doesn't work out. But the uh, Brawling Brutes advance past the OC. Um, that one probably should have been the one that was as easy as a treat profit. They got that wrong. Um, next, you had the uh, Latino World Order. In again, the action was like quite hot and heavy. Like the LWO getting over. And this was like... It bordered on good wrestling happening in front of people, but I thought the exchanges were the best between these two teams, to be honest. Um, but the uh, the bro kick yet again is the big move. Like Ridge Holland got a little bit more this time because Sheamus is starting to tire, but he's got this death blow in his arsenal and he's able to uh, dispatch the LWO. Uh, we're about 10 minutes deep at this point. Um, Anna, this is the thing. I know like 10, 11 minutes is, in. It, Triple H can never win. If he did a Triple H thing and made this 35 minutes, I'd have resented it. Yeah. Can I find the sweet spot, sweet spot with me, that lad? No. That's too short, this Triple H. What are you doing? Um, so, <laughs> so it was Del Toro, I think, that was finished with the, uh, the the DDT gimmick. And then Hit Row coming uh, at number five, but are gone as quick as they are there because, in the words of Michael Cole, thanks for coming, flop dollar, as he eats a bro kick straight away. Look, just a quick pause on this. Pause for the cause. That cause is uh, toxic workplaces because... We have had fun, I think, at Top Dollar's expense. He's a guy that walks around earnestly believing that legends should get rid of their prized possessions to protect the integrity of world wrestling entertainment. Yes. Don't agree with that. He is a guy that tries to start culture wars over trainers. I think that's kind of lame. He is a guy that is not the best wrestler in the world. He's rubbish. doesn't come across as super credible when he's doing battle raps and stuff, so his character kind of feels compromised as well. It is, some people would argue it isn't our job, but it's our job to analyse things like that. 
it is not WWE's job to double down on that and no. make us think even less of him than we already do. What do you make of this thing it's, going on? That's the exact same thing I've been trying to tell people for months and months and months and months and months on end. Triple H and Vince McMahon are practically one of the same, with a slight difference being that Triple H plans and likes smaller wrestlers a bit more. Mm. Those are the fundamental differences between Triple H and Vince McMahon. He will plan things in advance. He will make things make a really dry kind of sense. It's a bit tighter, isn't it, WWE? I would say. You are? It's a bit tighter, WWE, than it used to be. Yes, of course the, it is. That's the of course it is. It's a lot tighter. He'll give you match quality. He will allow Gunther to be a Gunther. And he will put whatever it is he likes or still likes about DIY on TV. Mm. Like, there are differences. There are actual... I'm somewhere in the middle. Triple H is the saviour. WWE is inherently bad no matter who's in charge. And Triple H is just like Vince McMahon. I'm somewhere in, somewhere in the middle. They are, he used to hate it. This prick gets away with murder, man. Ah, uh, you can tell Vince is back because this this part of role must have been a Vince oh, McMahon yeah. thing. I hated nonsense. that. Nonsense. Um, the idea of them calling him Flop Dollar and just genuinely taking glee in reducing this guy down to size, making a tit of him on television. Because it's not real, by the way. He lies there because he's been told to, yeah, and yeah. then they bully him for doing that. Yeah, it's so pathetic. It's so needle dick. And, and in that very crucial respect, Triple H and Vince McMahon are very, very similar. It's still a pretty mean-spirited place to work. Um, who does that benefit? Anyone in the boys' club? Yeah. We've probably laughed at Top Dollar um, doing these idiotic things. <laughs> we need to put this guy in his place, sir. Uh, and then he feeds them the lines, and then they bury him on TV. And it's just a mean-spirited organization. I'll tell you what, to be fair, it was a bit too much of that and dark towards the end for me. You'd get these indie guys, clearly, clearly, like, the opposite, like, miles away from their final form. Mm. And they sometimes have a daft name. Or they sometimes have a really stupid, shindy outfit. And I think it was a little bit of mean-spirited elements of that in AEW. But at the same time, they gave... The jobs, it was a meritocracy. If you got over on dark or elevation, you'd get on TV. Yep. There was still an element of the boys' club laughing at the aspiring wrestlers, but it's nowhere near what this is. Not the, the, the guy most watched Nash. television show, yeah. wrestling television show in North America platform, and a guy to be the biggest loser that there has ever yeah. been. Yeah. Um, I, no, I agree. It's, I, and I just think like there's a lot of ways to watch this because it's top dollar. There's a lot of ways to view this, and I think that's what's happening. You're seeing all the different ways in which this can be. I should not be feeling sorry for him knowing yeah. what I know about him, and yet I do, and that's the WWE effect. It's They used to do this to a Vince McMahon, would do this to a Brian Danielson, unaware that it would not work. Yeah. You could do it in 18 seconds at WrestleMania. He's asking to get more over as a result of that poor choice. It doesn't happen for everybody. <laughs> not everybody's Brian Danielson. Yeah. Not everybody has that connection, and you're just basically messing with people's lives and careers, aren't you? It's not cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Top Dollar and Hit Row are gone, um, and that leaves pretty deadly. And then we get kind of... So this went about 10 minutes after the Brawling Brutes had gone 10. So that's how they're trying to say, like, oh, like they've done the hard yards and pretty deadly are going to come in and pick the buttons. But it's not really a bone picking if it becomes like a 10-minute back and forth. Yeah. Again, I feel like they got the booking wrong. The, like, uh, yes, this is a total failure for me. I'll delve into why once you've recapped it. I didn't think it was a bad match, and I've really enjoyed the pretty deadly finishes because what they've done every week on SmackDown thus far, it's, it's basically the opposite of Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller has been called up, and rather than being given agency as a talker, he's been made to be this fawning fan of everybody he interviews. Pretty deadly were... Really great characters in NXT, 
And if anything, I would say them as tag team specialists was kind of underserved a little bit in some of the stories of the matches. Yeah. Every single week they've used like a really devious, but just within the rules finish to get things done. They're working heels, and they were again here. The brawling brutes were so, selling that they were really exhausted and really tired, and they missed um, Pretty Deadly doing a really sly but kind of cool um, blind tag. And uh, Seamus hit the Celtic cross on, was it Elton Prince? Okay, it was on Kit Wilson, I think. And Elton Prince was able to make the blind tag. And obviously Seamus was too knackered. He's really, like, he always looks knackered, doesn't he? So he's knackered himself from the 10-minute match. He did an awesome beats to the bodrum before that, I should say, where he had them both trapped. So he did 10 on one. Then he just collapsed the floor and was like, well, you're still here. Yeah, 10 yeah. on the other. Pretty deadly and great for that. Sold the physicality of it brilliantly. But yes, the blind tag was enough. Seamus gets finished with like the slightly Alabama jam, Bobby and leg drop. And uh, pretty deadly have got the title shot. We'll just run through the post-match dead quick because I think the match is worth savaging and in its own right. Um, pretty deadly are celebrating the victory. Zane and Owens come out. Um, pretty deadly maximise the minutes. They're talking like they're giving themselves new nicknames. It's very early New Day about the way they're celebrating. Yeah. They're doing... Um, I think it was Kit Wilson doing the, the pre, pre-winning the title side plate check, where he's like, imagine there's a side plate. He's thrusting his hips yeah. somehow as if to imagine that the side plate is already there. And then Zane says to Owen's like, all you've been doing lately is blowing up and you're remarkably chilled. And he's like, you're right, actually. And if I sit and think about how annoyed I am, I get wound up all over again. And Sammy's like, normally I tell you, calm down. We don't need to do that now. They're the challengers. Let's fight. And the yeah. chase pretty deadly off and the match is set. I think the outcome is great. I just really hated the match. I thought this match was so stupid. Like, so stupid in almost every conceivable way. So, the idea of a gauntlet match is, uh, and everything's an opportunity to tell a story, but the gauntlet match gives you the platform to tell multiple stories. Here, and they the execution was so terrible. The idea was you illustrate the depth of your division by having everyone in the match that you can think of to hand. And you tell people, that's what the tag division looks like. So you should be really trying hard to get the teams over in different ways Mm. because why else do it? Why just situate them, present them as just bodies to lose? Why would you do that when you've got the opportunity to do something a little bit more clever, a little bit more expansive in your thinking? So that's one thing. They failed at that. You get your babyface team over who you kind of just want to keep credible for just to have them in your pocket for whatever plans you've got in the future. And you do this, like, lung-bursting, like, incredibly spirited effort. Then you get those heels with the fancy English talk. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to retire. Yeah. It's uh, it's just general American, not Jim Ross. Yes, get well soon, JR. Get well soon, JR. And you get the heels, those... <laughs> Fancy talking English, lads. Tea-sucking Brits. Tea-sucking Brits to do the smash and grab. Oh, you don't deserve it. They kind of did deserve it at the end. Yeah. Because they had this back-and-forth match, and they were really impressive athletically and... Outsmarted them. Outsmarted them, and, like, it's meant to be this smash and grab, cruel, right-at-the-last-minute winner when you've parked the bus, that kind of thing. So it's not a smash and grab because Pretty Deadly look kind of worthy. You don't do the story long enough, and yes, I understand that I cannot be pleased because if Triple H had gone 40 minutes, I would have been bored, but the gauntlet is the one time you justify it. My big complaint about Triple H, and to be fair, he doesn't really do this anymore. It was a criminal thing that he used to do um, very early in his Raw run. You get that, You go out there 25 minutes, guys. Go on. Soak up that applause when you... Gorilla Monsoon used to say about Greg Valentine. He takes like 10 minutes to get warmed up. I know Gorilla, and I'm so bored. Yeah, yeah, I know. Skip the warm-up, please. Yeah. So it's like you get 25 minutes in. Just soak up the applause, guys, because you'll have earned it. Give him hell at the 22-minute mark. Yeah. 
surely the one time you can get away with justifying a long match is in a gauntlet, and they didn't do that, so it didn't feel like this huge endeavor on the part of Sheamus and Gunther. Um, the LWO bit is fine, mm. but that's it. The pretty deadly stuff again, that's too worthy. Um, with the OC and Hit Row, you're just doing the same side gag twice. Yeah. So you're telling me that two teams are just total jabrones. One of them's baby faces that you meant to get behind in another part of the show, as you point out. So you've got uh, jabrones, <laughs> but like them later. What? Yeah. Jabrones, watch them next week. Why? You've just called them flop dollar. Um, what was the first bit of the match? Well, the, by design, you have done exactly what WWE wanted you to do, which is forget Street Profits even in it. They put them there with the intent of being like, well, we know you love them, but we don't want you to be talking about them by the end, so get out there and give us two minutes and then get the hell backstage. It's that's, weird, that. That's like us falling. So weird, the, because the idea is, you meant, I thought that the Street Profits were going to split. They were telling this story. They, they were? were telling this story on Raw at the start of this year that it was running out the time on that tag team and various heels were positioned to try and separate them. There's no lingering tension. They're just a tag team that exists. Probably shouldn't have put them in this. It was too ambitious to try. Or have them do the Sheamus and Ridge Holland thing and get robbed by Pretty Deadly. And you think, oh man, the Street Profits can't buy a win, but if it had been fair, they would have done. And then you build that tension. Or just don't mm. put them in the match. Give them a, be a better booker and give them an excuse to be not in this match. Have them work in another tag match on the show, and then next week say, you know, we weren't even in the gauntlet. We'd have probably won, if anything. Yeah. And have that be the reason why things are just... what Like, what's what's wrong with the Street Profits? They start to argue, and then you start yeah. seeing, like, the fraying edges and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was badly booked. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> like, a really stupid match. Um, speaking of a really stupid match, uh, Eo Sky and Zelina Vega next. Right. There's very little to recap, and I'm not the recap that Adam Wilborn is anyway, so I'm going to race the finish because it only went like three minutes or two less, like two and a half minutes this went. Eosky was like nearly collided with Bailey. They had a moment. Eosky's like, Bailey, man, just get out my way. You're not helping. Yeah. And then Zelina Vega beats her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 619 into a jackknife cover, so it's not a, she's not stole one with a roll-up. That, like, that's not a fine. And if anything... Eo Sky like leaning at the ropes, like Howard Bailey has left herself prone at the six. Yeah, so it was a nice like arrangement of a finish. Just she's still an idiot. What? She's still the one I'm she's, meant to get behind. Yeah, she's still an idiot. She's still the baby face. And WWE asks this of you too often. You are supposed to root for Eo Sky to be in sick of Bailey's meddling. Really cost her a backlash in a dramatic title match against Bianca Belair, where you were going go away, Bailey. This she had this in hand, right? Now, you're supposed to go, get out of the way, Bailey. She had this in hand or she's lost in two minutes. Yeah. So it is like, what's what's that thing? You get whiplash. You get emotional yes. whiplash from the feeling of, yeah, Bailey, leave her. Oh, she's lost anyway. Yeah. Like, that's they miss that point all the time when they book these things. Yeah. Like, and it's 50-50 because Eo Sky's still a heavy favourite going into that match, more so than Zelina Vega. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they've tried to tell you that Zelina Vega's got the momentum. And it's just so insulting. And that isn't... Like, I like the LWO want to win it all, but the whole point is they're going to win none of it. Yeah. That's just them thinking that. Insulting result in a finish that makes the baby face that you like just look stupid, so you like her less. To advance a story, the 
outcome of which between Bailey and Eosky at this point is blindingly obvious. You'd have to be five years old. You would have to be shoot five <laughs> years old to be under the belief that oh they could still work it out or you know if she keeps doing that they might split up. You'd have to be five years old to even have the tension believable to you. And you can't this reminds me a little bit of Matt Hardy in AEW. You can't escape the broadcast without the supposed babyface doing the real quiz bit. Because later on we have Bailey backstage with EO Sky and Shotzi giving it the <laughs> I was right between you two. And then somehow uh, Bailey is talked into putting her money in the bank match on the line yeah. against Shotzi next week, and Sky is the one that's negotiated this, and it's like, huh, I thought it's what you wanted. Yeah. We're, inverted commas, helping each other, and just like when Matt Hardy does it with Ethan Page, if you hate them that much and don't want to help each other, why are you together? Yeah, on? I know. Just both, if this is real life, if this is a relationship, I don't think it's working. No, it's should not we, working. Should we call it a day? Yeah. And yet characters just persist because it's fake. Yeah. Like fake rubbish. Just this. say just you, nonsense. You're not mates and just part yeah. ways. Like the But yeah, so anyway, Bailey and Shotzi are fighting next week. I don't you know what, I don't hate it as a booking device because if Bailey, theoretically one of the like bigger names in the Money in the Bank match, loses to Shotzi, that's a monumental upset of Bailey trying to like in real life earnestly get somebody else over. Yeah. And then she Futile. She manages Sky. And costs her on the night. Yeah, you know, there's possibly some. I think she should lose. I think Bailey should lose that spot for the benefit of that story. But it's kind of stupid anyway. Uh, Paul Heyman is sent to go and get Jey Uso by Roman Reigns. Obviously, we're going to get back to that later on because of their uh, development last week. Um, and in the meantime, ahead of Charlotte Flair on the Grayson Waller effect, we're going to get to that. Uh, Bianca Belair wants a word with Adam Pearce. She is furious, rightfully so, that like Charlotte Flair. She is the line. Um, and Adam Pearce can't give her an answer tonight. Um, Bianca Belair tries to argue the point that, like, look, when I fought for the title, I did things the right way. How come it's not helping me now? Um, but Pierce is like, yeah, 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 I'll sort it out, get the fuck away. And Bianca's like, right, well, I'll do just that and I'll sort it my own way. And we'll, obviously, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, so we have the Grayson Waller effect with uh, Charlotte Flair. On the preview, I made the point that they believed they were bringing up a better Miz and instead of just called up the actual Miz yeah. because he is just kind of a TV show host. Grayson Waller is not playing this role, nor is he particularly scripted to play this role as a guy that is above it all. He's supposed to bring his guests out and neg them and get them to talk about him. But yes. he's just, this is anything but Piper's Pit or any of the other good talk shows. It's just a guy in a ring with a set. And this was the worst and most egregious example of it yet. These were, never mind on different pages, they were reading out of different books. Uh, I couldn't, there was one line that set up. Almost. There was one line that set up and it was awful, right? And it was, Grayson Waller is supposed to get the number of title reigns that Charlotte Flair's had wrong. So she can be like, yeah, it's not 15, Grayson, it's 16. <laughs> but while we're talking about numbers, I've got Asuka's number. Horrible. Yep. Horrible. Yep, 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 yep. And to arrive at the horrible line read, you've botched your entire bit because I'm pretty sure Grayson Waller forgot to drop in a woo. He was doing this bit where he's like, am I am I allowed to woo? Woo. And then he doesn't. So then Charlotte was like, were you expecting a woo? So she goes, you can woo now. Oh, woo. And then they get interrupted by the music. And yeah. It, like, then you get the, There's then something you, worse about the numbers bit as well. Oh, okay, right, right. So 
I, I will get to that, yeah. yes. Anyway, so that this whole thing has gone off a cliff already for the umpteenth week in a row for the Grace Muller effect. And let's be honest, the umpteenth week in Charlotte Flair's career. Yes. She's a disaster unless the brightest lights at WrestleMania are on. I know. She is. It, it, it it's all bad. goes wrong. Like, it's bad. Oh, man. Um, and then WrestleMania happens and you're like, all right, you stick around. Like, yeah, you, yeah. When there's a fight and you're in there. Like, I think this Asuka match could still be unbelievable. Oh, that, That's the weird thing about Charlotte Flair, mm. but this was nightmarish stuff. Um... Bianca Belair comes out. She's in a pissed off mood because of what we've just seen with Adam Pearce. It's not entirely fake feeling this time. It's like she's not going to stand for this dreadful conversation. She's saving us from it, if anything. Um, Charlotte refuses to back down from being the line skipper. I'm not apologizing for anything. It's better than you. Tough deal with it. Um, Bianca says that she's not going to tolerate that. Uh, there's nothing she can do with Adam Pearce, apparently, to get in the way of this match happening. But believe me, I'll be ringside and I'm going to watch it. And I don't care who wins. I'm calling my shot on that. Like, I got next, effectively. It's kind of become a cliche in WWE, but I did believe this was an effort in WWE to give her a character some agency. She's not going to fart around with a general manager. She's just going to take what she believes she's owed because that's exactly what Charlotte did. There are no rules, Sidgwick. Yes. So if there's no rules, operate outside of them. And she at least did that. Yeah. She didn't look as much of a lose this week. So anyway, yeah, she's going to be ringside for the match uh, in two weeks. Yeah. Four in the What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What the, what the f- was this? <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Everyone came off unlikable, and the idea of achievement, I was my, uh, my mind was boggled. Like, so they do this whole thing of don't get the titles wrong, title number of title reigns wrong. I've had loads, even more than you think. <laughs> then Bianca says, "I'm the longest reigning, and I didn't have to lose it that often." Is sixteen impressive or not? I don't think it is. It's that weird thing in wrestling where remember when Bully Ray got the maths wrong in TNA, but still made a salient point. Whereas, like, we've won the um, titles 20 times. Yeah. What does that tell you? Like, we lost at 18 or something. You got the ah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the exact phrasing. When you have 16, especially when she's not been on the block that long. Yeah. 15 title defeats in eight years. Is that what? <laughs> is it worse to lose the titles or better to have won them back? I t- I- when you're asking those questions, yeah. you probably book too many reigns for me. It's the same argument as the whole, like, Sasha Banks can't get it done on pay-per-view. Oh, sorry, can't get it done. Like, yeah, can't get it done on pay-per-view. That's a big problem. That means she's a big match choker. Yeah, exactly. But you've, you're stuck with that now. <laughs> like, so when Charlotte keeps saying, I've won a 16? Yeah. 15? 16, but... 16, it's ridiculous. Or, or, it's, or it's 15 and she's about to make it 16. That's why she can skip the line. It, it's, it's too many. It's, I, I just think, well, you've lost so often. Mm. And then these things win them back because... And then I just instantly think of the reality that they just like giving another number. And they've engineered it in the most laughably fake. You've got your WWE number, you say. Got your number. Write that down. Write that down. It feels like the most forced thing imaginable. And then when she reminds you of her constantly, because all they do is read the championship and accomplishments (laughs) subsection of the Wikipedia page out. I just think of the reality and not the story they're telling. And is it good or not? I don't think it's good that she's lost this uh, this many big title matches. One of the I just think she's there all the time. Well, Either one, winning or losing, she's always there, and it just makes it feel boring and predictable. And Bianca Belair's going to be ringside for that match. Oh, it's going to be a triple threat, then, is it? Yeah. It's the they can't tell stories. They are hopeless. Well, it's all right. Cinema in the main event. Do you know uh, one of the many problems with like and you know you're right to identify this even when I like it I know it's flawed I just like it more than you but you know when like all you all Triple H has got is the big match yeah it worked for takeovers to incredible like style for years 
but sometimes all you've got is the big match, but then the big match delivers, and it's like, right, see you in X months, because the big yeah. match, big match we've, I've just said it, Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley was unbelievable, yeah. right? So, like, theoretically, there's always the big match, and that's what we've got here. Like, Bianca and Charlotte is oddly, by the way, quite fresh, even though it doesn't feel it, does it? Like, Bianca yeah. and Charlotte as a singles feels like you've seen, like, three stadium clashes between them, and you haven't, you haven't. which is something. But, like, the triple threat itself as well, that's got legs as well. Like, there's, there's lots that feels big, right? But so often WWE neglects the storytelling along the way. It's just like like uh, seeing like uh, what was the gag on family? Got to get back for Wapner or like or for Rain Man. Yeah, like, they, they, like every big match is Wapner. Basically. Yeah, he's like, well, got to get back for that, and they just neglect telling the story along the way. Um, with Charlotte, it's an even more of a screwball scramble assault course because half the time the matches aren't good. I know. So you can't like to your point about the title reigns. Loads of those are not WrestleMania classics with Rhea Ripley or Asuka. It's just the ironic achievement. They're dicey, dodgy things. Yeah. That, like, you kind of cannot believe how bad they are. Yeah. Like, she's got an, a bizarre WWE CV, Charlotte. That's... Like, a very, very strange it's run. Just, it's the like, most fake story they might have ever told. Considering how ostensibly big it's meant to be, mm-hmm. it never feels anything less than so fake. Like, the opposite of achievement. And Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Then she wrestles these matches, and they feel like worthy title fights. Like in like London when against Rip- Asuka. Like, yeah. When Rhea Ripley won that title and stared at it at WrestleMania, I thought that must mean something. Because the Endeavor written all over your sweat so face. Because we're going to kill each other for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then on telly, it's not just that. Mm-hmm. Trinket, yeah, I mean, that's the toy. <laughs> you get their spot, like where they're just bloodied up, and it's like she did that, and it's like, yeah, well, she doesn't do that every week. That's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the problem here. Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, yeah, we'll get away from this soapy nonsense and get back to the cinema because Paul Heyman has gone up to Jay Uso and he said that he's sorry that Jimmy kicked him in the face last week, but was it an accident? Because the only person's got a better aim with that super kick in WB is you. I did like that line. Yeah, like, Jimmy doesn't miss on purpose. And it's like, as we pointed out, yeah, they do. Every tag match, and it's fine. Because yeah. they understand how these things work. You're going yeah. take to take a bit of friendly fire every now and then. But this is pretty good because uh, Paul Heyman is, because he's acting under the orders of Roman Reigns, has no choice but to be his Weasley self. Be a wobbly walrus. And uh, Jay is still not having it. You think that Jay Uso, with Roman in the building, is going to kowtow, and he doesn't. He says, oh, nothing's changed. 
Like, if I'm in, you're out. See you later, pal. Yeah. And it's like you're left with the, how's that going to play out in the main event? And I'm glad as well, just because I like to correct myself, they didn't even, well, they only did it for the purposes of the swerve. Yeah. They didn't entertain the notion that Jay was even remotely under the impression of, I can't trust Jay. Yeah. It was like 30 years of twin psychology, not he kicked me in the face on telly last week. Like, twins must have this, or somebody's the older brother by three minutes, so they're the older brother. Yeah. Like, that's, that must be a real thing for, that twins can relate to, not he hit me once by accident in a US title match. Yeah. Yeah. I hate, I, I hate the idea that they were going to, and they didn't, to their credit, do it once. They didn't even entertain the notion that Jay could be swayed by Jimmy hates him? Yeah. No. No. Sidge, me and you, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on podcast before, I went to Vegas recently. Oh, we did, yeah, yeah, it was really fun. And one of the uh, many things you can do in Las Vegas is uh, go to the Chapel District. Don't go late at night, it's really frightening. But you can go to the Chapel District and through a drive through through any number of like venues that are advertised like a McDonald's or an IHOP, the, the light is so bright, the beacon is so bright, you can go and on a whim get married to somebody. We've seen it done by celebrities over the years, all sorts of things. It's a Vegas cliche. It's an Elvis will do it for you. But me and you didn't do that. And you know why? Because we're married, bitch. We're married, bitch. And uh, Already married, bitch. And so is AJ Styles, as we were reminded of Wendy in this match in the most bizarre circumstances, right? Yet again, like, were they so committed, and I get why, it's the numbers program, but are they so, like, sort of sure-footed in the bloodline that it's like, Roman, Jay, the lads, take as long as you need. Like, we'll cut some matches to ribbons if you need longer in that main event, yeah. and you can have it. Because this mixed tag match... Which, by the way, when AJ has been in a singles match with Karrion Cross, he's kind of had no bother. So this is the once he's third storyline in a row since she's returned where Meechin is potentially making other people's careers worse. Yes. Statistically. Yes. She teamed with Candice LeRae and they lost. And it was like, Meechin? Like, this is this yeah. keeps happening to her. AJ had no bother in a singles match. Now he's had some trouble. They go two minutes. Now it happens. Now it happens. And then AJ is, like, Scarlet now. Apparently, like, orange dust and tarot cards are no good because she's got six appeal. She flirts. This is their thing now. Yeah. Like, threesome? Karen Cross, question mark? And, but no, because he's married, bitch. Yeah. But that distraction is enough. Karen Cross gets a wicked, wicked cross jacket, but he's not able to tap him out. So he converts it into uh, Karen Cross's new finisher is goaded, or is it? Because basically, it's effectively like a TKO slash F5, but he does a pump handle bit and then like waits like four seconds before dropping him. So renders the pump handle bit kind of irrelevant. Anyway, the new finisher beats AJ Styles after the flirting bit, which you've all seen go viral online. And uh, like, thanks to Meechin, AJ is stuck in the Karen Cross muck again? What? I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what to make of this. Right. I saw some fire emojis about the new carrying cross finish on Twitter. And then I was thinking, maybe they're putting that there because there isn't really an emoji for convoluted and totally pointless setup. <laughs> There's no emoji for, this is new and I feel nothing for it. Yes. <laughs> for, <laughs> is it that face with the eyes but no, no, yeah, no smile? I don't nothing, know what just, just two eyes. Just a total pointless setup. God bless him. He's probably thinking, I need something cool because yeah. my career's not doing particularly great. And the thing he's arrived at makes no sense. And it's just all superficial. It's a big carrying cross <laughs> as a finisher. Apparently, he's a really nice guy. Got him a win here as well. This has worked the first time as yeah. a finisher should. And yeah. It's, like, not the, it's not exactly the Judas effect, is it? For no. Over out of nowhere. No, it isn't. Um, I'll tell you what as well. Carrying cross and Scarlet are so not over. 
and people have been conditioned to think, oh, they're just on the show. They are just there on the show. They are just guys. That they've broken a pretty um, strict rule in wrestling that if you say bitch, it gets a reaction. It's just the rules. Mm. If you say bitch, there's going to be like, even if it's 85, ooh. Yeah. AJ Styles said, I'm married, bitch. I'm married, bitch. And just no one said anything. It was a bit weird. It's a bit awkward. A bit weird as well. Eh? Like, I don't know. It's not, it's not very big. I'm married, bitch. Yeah. What would God think if, <laughs> if, I, if I shagged you right here? <laughs> I would go to hell. I've walked the land that is this earth for yes. my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but that we're going to go I would again. walk the ends of the earth to my wa- for my wife, and I would just be very careful not to fall off. <laughs> Why has nobody done the world marathon where you run to one side, then run to the other? It's the ice walls. You don't, <laughs> want, you don't want to get close to them ice walls because you'll freeze to death. I've seen some things. They're called Game of Thrones. <laughs> and you don't want to spend on those walkers next to me. <laughs> Been watching a documentary called Game of Thrones. I'll just give them the phenomenal forearm there. <laughs> Maybe I'll kick their ass, actually. I might do it. Big into uh, true crime on Netflix. They got a whole trilogy. It's called The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, Paul Heyman is... Uh, uh, he goes back freeze to, next to the mouse walls. <laughs> those ass walls. Goddamn ass walls. I just want to <laughs> run. I want to get to the end. Uh, Roman Reigns is pissed off, obviously, that Paul Heyman's not been able to get through to Jay. Um, Sola Sokoa, yeah, again, playing the hitman stuff. Paul Heyman is feeling under pressure, as he should do. You know, Jay Uso... Was near the end. Yeah. yeah. So, Jay Uso is supposed to create this situation. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'd say we're near the end. No one near me in event time because Corbin's jumping Cameron Grimes and that must continue. It's like, they're, oh, just, they're just fighting. Remember Cameron Grimes? I like, squashed him in like, li- like literally three seconds. Remember Cameron Grimes? Yeah, I know, I know. He's one of those guys who you only ever reminded of him when you watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not going great. I liked what came next. Remember when like Triple H is such an absolute snake oil salesman? <laughs> Phil has these reports to the media, and it's like huge plans for uh, Cameron Grimes. So just watch out, watch out. Cameron Grimes is going to be the new thing. He's just getting pie faced by Corbin in backstage segments. Yeah, and he could not be more irrelevant or I, boring. I still think he's going to end up costing Corbin in his quest to beat Melo in NXT. So Grimes is big first main roster push. Is a return to NXT. Like, I genuinely think it could have done that. There's a thing I like next. Uh, Rey Mysterio comes out, and he's, he just wanted to say how he's like, he couldn't be happier that the LWO is a thing, which, considering everything that happened with Dominic, it makes sense that he's, like, looking yeah. for new people to be a father figure towards. Uh, and he wants to bring out the next Mr. Money in the Bank, Santos Escobar. This is going to be the LWO's night, the whole deal. Um, Escobar is sort of brilliant here because it's... I took from this a lot of what I got out of uh, Jungle Boy and Hook. Like, yeah, I love you, Ray. I, I love you. This yes. is It's going to be the summer of the LWO, but I'm going to win Mr. Money in the Bank. Like, he's going to turn, isn't he? Uh, I, and that's going to be great. That like, program the, should be money. Ray is going to do it's it all the time. about time they established Ray as someone who's worth beating and could genuinely yeah. make someone's career. And it wasn't, like, hit you over the head with it. There was just enough of, yes. like, kind of, I love you, Matt. Like, one time he's going to be like, Dad... And Ray's going, oh, God, I'm a dad again. Like, yeah, yeah. I've lost Dominic, but I've got Santos. You're like a father to me. Yeah. He's not going to actually call him dad. No. Yeah, yeah. You're like a father to me, which you are literally to your son, Dominic Mysterio, but he thinks you were a deadbeat, and I don't think you're a deadbeat. Yeah. That's how you're, I said one time, Ray, that you were a father to me. You know what that means? 
Name is Pizza Mouth because yeah. he's a deadbeat dad. Uh, <laughs> as part of this, obviously, uh, we've got Santos Escobar versus L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah? Mm, well, yeah. That um, wasn't very good. It was just there. And the match was nothing to it because too often that's the case with L.A. Knight. But we don't talk about that because he's legit over and who yeah. cares? Yeah. Like, keep, like, I'll say that for this being short. These are the matches you keep short. Because oh, yeah, yeah. all you remember is that L.A. Knight kicked A.S. And W.B. are continuing to try and book him as a heel. Because Escobar gets the win. It's very much like stolen roll-up and then Knight decks him anyway. So it makes everything you just watched utterly pointless. There's yes. no result. Rey Mysterio comes back out for the save because Ow. Escobar loves him. Um, nice pops were out the ass. Ah. Like, none of this was received as bitter, jealous, any of that kind of thing. Um, nice somehow become the protest vote guy. They will not allow him to be a heel. The, fan, I, the fans are somehow deciding that we can still try and dictate it's them booking. It's just weird how they've gone from work rate darling to guy with charisma. Yeah. That tells you all you need to know about the Triple H and Vince McMahon. Like, Triple H, like, Vince McMahon, he would go for the work rate guy who would never get over in WWE system. And you hate the WWE system as a result. Mm-hmm. Triple H is such a boring bastard that there's <laughs> a guy with charisma that the fans <laughs> are going, he's like, no, no, I'll just push DIY instead. That's it, yeah. I was thinking exactly Gargano. It's like, there's Gargano. Look at Elena, his traps. Yeah. Like, I want him. People want him. Yeah. That's what the WWE fans want. They don't want Gargano, God bless them. Like, there's a Kyle lot Connor's of... Carl obviously better in the ring than LA Knight, but these people don't seem to care. Look, what, what did we talk about last week in they the... They like um, wrestling. They like him. The criminal reaction to the bulk of that um, gun to the tag match last week. Yeah. The bulk of it. Like, uh, like unfair, frankly. Like, that's... We try not to blame the fans on this podcast. Like, get up for that, will you? Yeah. Like, that's kicking ass. And, like, so when that's getting silence and everything LA Knight does is getting huge reactions... And again, it's funny you mentioned Vincent Triple H. This continues to be the uh, the tug of war for me. It's weird, isn't it? Because how far can they go with him before Vince, a guy that has, what, like three times now, basically noped LA Knight? Yeah. He wasn't on WrestleMania in any capacity and, uh, on the weekend that Vince basically comes back. Yeah. Doesn't feel an accent, does it? No. Nah. Like the one guy he's red penning is LA Knight, and yet here it is. Is it one of their weird ways of how to get him over? <laughs> Maybe. I don't no, know. Like, like, they like playing games and like, they like fooling the fans, WWE, don't they? Maybe they're fooling people into thinking, oh, you won't get him. Whoever, if he doesn't win money in the bank, whoever does is getting booed because he's not LA Knight. Yes. Which is, a, they, we've been here so many times. Yeah. Don't do it. Give yeah. it to LA Knight. Uh, main event time, Sige. Yes. Uh, but before that, Jey Uso and Sami Zayn have a little moment backstage. Last, Jey Uso's last interaction before I head into the ring is with Sami Zayn. That's quite nice. Um, so out come the bloodline. Um, Roman Reigns is doing his bit, but Jey Uso interrupts, which has Solo, like, doing the sort of Tasmanian devil, like, how dare he, like, sort of get in the way of My Roman was speaking, you know. Um, but Roman tells uh, Joe Yokozuna Fatu to calm down. That's his name. That's his shoot name. That's amazing. Um, by the way, he was born in March 1993, and I love the old sentimental Fatu was like, Yoko's winning the belt at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Oh. Like, yeah. Is Solo going to be renamed Terry? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Jey Uso interrupts, um, but Roman's trying to be cool about it. It's like, you can come out, what do you try with Jey for And then he lays it on thick. He gives him the, uh, what's those, um, uh, South Park parody in Aspen? Timeshare salesman. Yeah. He's giving him that sort of like, you know, and like maybe six months of the year, you can be the tribal chief. Uh, but he won um, Kauto to the wise man stipulation. Jey tries to... Douche. Yes, He tries to assert a bit of power, and Roman's like, not yet. Like... Fine, but like when you're the tribal chief, you can pick your wise man. I'm the tribal chief, and I pick wise man, my wise man. So Heyman thinks he's out of trouble, and Jey Uso immediately 
is all of a sudden back in a position where he's going to have to compromise to get what he wants and you can kind of like feel the tension bubbling at this point, yeah. which is nice. I think it's a good use of the, the thing they put in last week. Um, but at this point, Roman's doing his spiel about, but it's that's fine because... Look, I'm saying you're in the tribal chief, so you will be. It's all yours to play for. But Jimmy Uso is coming out. Um, he says that, like, you know that Roman's using you. Come on. Like, this is beyond a joke at this point. Like, it's your brother that you need, not our cousin. Um, Roman, again, leans on all the success, in inverted commas, they've had. They've had WrestleMania main events together. You don't get the long title run without me, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then um, Reigns refers to Jimmy as an anchor, whereas uh, I'm the wings. Will fly easy, like, and he's just at this point, he's gone full, like, kind of um, mad king, effectively, like, in his last ditch effort without trying to show that he's kind of clinging on for dear life here yeah. in, this, in, this, in this culture war over Jay Uso's heart. Um, Jay then says, He uh, is it Roman that said you can't be the tribal chief and a twin at the same time? It's very much like the discussion we said about being a teacher and a parent, yeah, you can't yeah. be one thing, you have to just be the other. And it gets Jay to spiral a little bit into a rant against Jimmy. Um, about how he was the older brother. He's calling himself Josh. Like, I never knew that Jay was short for Josh, but fair enough. He's like saying, oh, Josh this, Josh that, because I'm always the younger brother. Like, we're twins, we're only three minutes apart, but like, I've got to do what Jimmy says. Jimmy's going to be the star. Jimmy's going to be the prom king. All these very real, and as we say, completely unrelated to accidental superkick things as to why he might go with Roman instead of Jimmy Uso. And then he does it, and he says, Jimmy, like, you're out of the bloodline. And so am I. And he turns around, he super kicks Roman Reigns, and the crowd go banana. Roman Reigns is like out on the floor. Solo Sokoa, now like let loose from his chain, is able to actually attack. But he ducks, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, he goes for Jey Uso. Jey Uso ducks, and Jimmy's right there to support his brother with a super kick on his other brother. And Solo rolls out to the outside, and then the Usos go to leave. And Roman Reigns pulls himself up from the bottom rope, right? The physical performance of this. Pulls himself up from the bottom rope and is so shocked that finally, after three years, Jey Uso would fight back that he basically crawls forward with his defences down. How dare you do this? Double super kick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The bump of a lifetime from the Tribal Chief. The fans go even crazier. Jey Uso does a better Hulk Hogan than Hulk Hogan ever did, ripping away at his shirt. Like, his body literally is free. It's like a Shawshank moment. The brothers embrace, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention, I tweeted the video out over the weekend, it was Myth Gifts that shared this, but I saw this like doing the rounds as well elsewhere after the fact. They did a digital exclusive to illustrate the point that Roman is now all alone. He's not, he's got solo, they've announced the tag match from Money in the Bank, but he's recovering in the ring, and obviously in the building, the Usos music has played, and uh, Roman is sat there like just sort of staring into space, and then the PA obviously turned up, and it says, uh, it ain't paranoia, it's the Usos. And Roman's eyes just suddenly dart to the ramp. Oh, God. Yeah. This is pretty amazing. <laughs> Not my kind of thing. Yeah. Not my kind of storytelling. At least this time, the histrionic acting was deliberate to try and sucker Roman into the ruse, just to make it its performance. Yeah. There was a real acrimonious family split. It would not happen like this, but they wanted to think one thing to do this work. Got to maximize gotta get Roman the in the ring and yeah. have him let his guard down. And that, yeah. So for once, the acting was meant to be acting. Someone was laughing when Jay was having a go at Jimmy. Yeah. Like, as if to say, I've got him again. Yeah. I've got him again. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Not for me, but I'm more than happy, and not one of these weirdos who'll dig their heels in and say, oh, you know, nice little angle or whatever. It was a white-hot angle that the audience loved. WWE's doing an absolutely incredible job of servicing their fan base, and this thing, like, 
I hate to admit this, but I will because it's like I don't have an agenda or anything. When Triple H sat down at that press conference, I still think this is better with Cody having the title. Of course it is. But he can justify what he can justify in his head. Cody should have caused this. Yes. Not be the beneficiary of it. Yes. Yeah. But and I still have reservations that the second Cody Roman match is going to be anywhere near as hot as that. But when you see them do this, maybe it will. Maybe they'll get there. It's still not my style of thing. It's very histrionic. And at least, and I believe some of the elite things that I prefer are very melodramatic and poorly acted in this kind of way, but at least the matches are way, way better. <laughs> but they are doing an amazing job, A, of wrong-footing and pleasing and engaging their fan base. And no one thought that was remotely possible when Triple H was saying, we know where it's going, mm. the story isn't finished, the next chapters are going to happen, and we think you're going to enjoy them. And everyone laughed in his face and said, you're a loser, <laughs> you are lying, you bottled it. you've bottled it, and you are just trying to milk the, the, the cash cow dry. Those things are true, but it's one of those where the truth lies somewhere in the middle, and everyone, myself included, was happy to just piss on his grave and say, well, you're, you're dead as a booker, yeah. you've bottled it. I have to say that Triple H was right. I don't like saying it, yeah. but he kind of was. He, these next chapters are doing phenomenal guns for WWE. 2.9 million doesn't happen if you've fucked everything up. Yeah. And I tell you what, as much as I don't like this story, you now it's too, so far up its own arse. When they think they're transcending the medium, I just think, no, you're not. You're doing, you're tacking another medium onto this medium on like far too heavily. And that medium isn't cinema. It's really overt soap opera. It's a good wrestling storyline. And when would, when did that stop being enough? I don't even think it's, I think it's pretentious soap opera that okay. thinks it's cinema tacked on to wrestling, which the wrestling component for me is a series of cliched, redundant, now illogical tropes stacked on top of each other to do these bits on TV with the ref bumps and all the rest of it. There's no near enough wrestling in it for me. Okay. It's, so much more so proper than wrestling already inherently is. All that said, I watched this and I just thought it's no wonder this guy is the biggest star in wrestling and the biggest star wrestling has seen in years and years and years because Roman Reigns is so goddamn good. And I'm going to end this podcast just praising him to the hill for a few moments. He, in a role I don't even like of this Godfather, which is what he is, which is the soap opera, the EastEnders Godfather. Yeah, I just hate the idea of this role. I hate how pretentious the story is. And he's so great at it. Roman Reigns is better. Yeah, exactly. Right down at the goatee. <laughs> so menacing. Yeah. He is so horrible to his family. Like, unconscionable. Does he have no conscience? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to retire the Jim Ross thing. Get well soon, Joe. I do genuinely like him. Yeah, like he's classing that bit. Does he have no soul? Does he have no soul? Like, he's great. Was great. Still wishing well. And Roman Reigns in this role is fantastic. He elevates all of this for me yeah. through his presence alone. He's such a massive star. He's so good at conveying his menace, it's gleefully delighting in the idea that a twin bond is about to get separated for his own ends. Yeah, such an arsehole. He's so good at this that he makes it watchable for me when really I think a lot of the acting is genuinely cringeworthy. And the fact that they think it's so good makes me resentful of it as well. This flatback he takes... Ugh. If he could just do a bit more of that kind of wrestling in this, I'd like it so much more. I watched this and thought, not only is Roman Reigns perfect for the role of whatever WWE wants itself to be, which is 
They think they transcend wrestling. I hate the idea that there's not enough wrestling in it. He's still perfect for that. I saw him take this flat back, and I, and I recall his baby face work, and he could just go to New Japan and kill a G1 <laughs> like that. Yeah. People hate it when you say that because people like, I think in good faith, so you know what? If Strowman wasn't so fed-pilled and just a product of that system, mm-hmm. institutionalized, people have made the point Strowman can go to New Japan. People have rubbished this point. I don't. I think there's merit to that point. People don't like it when you say that. WWE people in that style could go to New Japan with that standard and kill it. Roman Reigns would kill New Japan. He would up in, in, in the work rate aspect well, of what as well. What can't uh, he do in, he's, in this field? What can't he do? Well, that's what, the thing. Like, what have we not seen in the last 10 he years? He is like, so many kinds of not just a good wrestler. He's not just versatile. Like, you see glimpses of what you can do and what he chooses not to do. He could be every single kind of great professional wrestler. Yeah. And he's chosen sports entertainment. Part of me makes me, part of that makes me sad. Why wouldn't you choose this role? Yeah. <laughs> this part-timer mercenary actor who's at once becoming, he's, he's doing the rock it's harsh to say it's the Wish version of Amazon because it's so lower than what The Rock was at its peak. But he's doing The Rock thing. He is auditioning for Hollywood and making all the money and being the biggest star in wrestling all at the same time. He says so lower. And of course, you know, it's, we know where wrestling is. But this is a fractured cult, pop culture world now. It's monoculture. We could never measure The Rock, The Rock's mainstream success at WWE's height in 2000 versus whatever... However, pop culture works now. Yeah. So he's doing a pretty good job. If you look at like 2.9 million and the other numbers, there's loads of numbers that spot Roman Reigns. Like, he's doing a pretty good job of taking an extremely fractured monoculture and making it feel like the old days. Yeah. Like, bring, like, for me and you to sit here and agree on the quality of something on a WWE podcast, like, whilst all the stands are going nuts for it as they're the best thing they've ever seen. Yeah. That's about as close as you get, I think, to pulling those two sides mm. together now, isn't it? Roman as well. Like, just on Romans, like the, I don't think Jey Uso beats him. I'm seeing a lot of people think, well, it has a story, has to end with Jey Uso winning. I don't think it does, but I think it ends with a pretty amazing title match and a pretty dramatic, yet another Roman Reigns dramatic formula match. And the Drew match and the Sammy match, and like, to an extent, the Cody WrestleMania one, but I think there's like different politics attached to that. Certainly Drew and certainly Sammy were given like equal billing. Yeah, like, needs to be the right heel and Roman is the right heel. But man, Sammy in Canada and like Drew in the UK and all that sort of things. Like, as and when Roman fights Jay, and that match is just as hot as those two, yeah. we have to start remembering who the common denominator is. And we have to start remembering that it's Roman Reigns yeah. as the denominator. And it's like, well, all these buildings were the local heroes. Is it the local hero or is this the reverse Hogan of the 80s? Where instead of finding the big villain to fight Hogan in a town, you find the big hero that loses to yeah. Roman in the town. It's like they've kind of flipped how they used to do it, but they've got the guy to do it with. Yeah. Uh, I just, as well, like on WWE, and I, maybe this is on Triple H, maybe this is praise him, I don't know, but it never felt like you got as many, like if this was a Vince thing, it never felt like you got as many weeks of genuine development and fan service. You would be made to wait and the moments would be split so much further apart. It does be theoretical. I, was, I watched all of this before Sami Zayn came in the bloodline. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Perfect example. There's been so many more segments where like big developments have occurred. Like we don't just have I'm to like, shocked by the fact that things actually happen in the storyline. We said on the yeah. it's like, well, this is where they have to reset the board a bit. Yeah. And they didn't. Oh, the bloodline will be together again before WrestleMania. That's the thing. That's the one thing for me as well. In addition to just the style of it and the, the pretentiousness of it. I know I'm me and I know I'm an elite fan, but there's, <laughs> but there's a pretension to this that I just don't like. There's the nagging feeling like I did not watch the bloodline split up. Here? I did not watch it. Okay. 
I watch a temporary split before Roman does some kind of step to get them back. They're going to be in full force before WrestleMania 40. Oof, that's a big shout. Is it? I don't I know. Just, I just assume they're going to be busy this fighting isn't the young ones. Like the end. <laughs> I don't know. I, like I, people are, right, look, people are telling me when I go on my. Like, people think I'm being a dead horse with Cody Rhodes thing. It's just because I'm so certain I'm right. The one reply, in like, in a dissenting voice against Cody winning at WrestleMania is, all of this has to happen, so Roman has to be alone. And my big count to that is, no, he shouldn't be alone. Cody should have done it because he'd set up enough things in place to stop the Usos and whatever. I think those fans are correct in their assessment. I think WWE will believe that Roman has to be completely alone for Cody to beat him. Yeah. And alone is alone. I think like yeah. even Solo will be gone by the time that match happens. Oh. I don't think that's the way a baby fist does it. I think Austin should fight the corporation and beat them by himself. Yes. I think that's proven to work over and over and over again. But WWE, I think now, and a lot of their fans evidently, see it that Roman has to be by himself. Maybe even without Paul Heyman. Maybe Heyman's picked Solo or whatever. But Cody takes down that guy and then people make TikToks and it's like... But he said everybody would leave you, and he was right. So not only is he winning the title, but he's also an I told you so guy. Like old people you hate in your life. Like this is yeah, where they're getting yeah, it wrong yeah. for me. But like I think they see this as part of, like a very important part of the rematch is that Roman has to go in it completely by himself. But I never never thought of it like that. And I, I, felt, I couldn't I, buy it as the finish. I didn't feel like the bloodline's gone. Just didn't. Tag match, Money in the Bank, now booked as well. Oh. Like it's a... That'll be another, you would assume off the back of this, a big development at least. Another one that's hard the to pick. acting in that match. i got a spot for you. I, I know we're kind of stepping on our own dick with the Money in the Bank preview. This WWE fans, this match that WWE fans are going to love is going to be an inferior, more cringeworthy version of the Revolution match that they say was bad for its melodrama. Check this out. I don't care what they think. I'm, I need to get out of that habit. Double super kick to the ref. Oh, that's happening. Try that one. Yeah. yeah. Try and picture that if you can. Theatre yeah. with mine. Try it on for size. Uh, let us know what you think. I am going to tweet both shows out today. I know I was forgetting last week. Uh, Adam Wilborn does more admin than I give him credit for. But I'm going to put tweets out for this and Collision because we've recorded both today and we're super interested in your thoughts on both. Um, so, yeah, let us know where you stand on the bloodline. On, are they split up? Are they finished? Are they finished? What's the crack with them? Uh, and let us know on Twitter as well. Uh, anything else? Any other takes you've got on pro wrestling? Is Charlotte Flair useless as well? Where you can find Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. You can find me at Michael Hamlet. Thank you very much for spending your time with us today. Uh, we've got the collision preview uh, review on the feed, and there'll be the raw preview coming later on. And until then, we will see you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.